that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruning. Jordan Wenskin is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? Tuesday, February 13, like a month away from conference tournaments, roughly. Yeah, roughly, man. Uh, I just put in my I put in my credentials a couple days ago for AAC here in uh, the men's tournament here in uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Yep. Yeah, I'll be. I would go to the women's tournament, but I would be at the boys' state championships down in San Antonio. So, uh, but yeah, no, I just that that date reminds me. Yeah, that just reminded me about everything coming up. So it's yep. gonna be crazy. Uh, it's gonna be weird not having conference USA here. Uh, you know, usually at the star, they're going to be, I think they're in Louisiana, something like that. I think so, something actually. Like yeah, uh, Southland, like Southland, I think is still in Frisco. They have the, the Legends Arena, uh, which is a pretty cool venue for them, mm-hmm. um, up in Frisco. And then, yeah, we'll just have the two because usually Big 12 is in Kansas City, and then, yeah, SEC, of course, is in Atlanta, I think, right? Atlanta, the women's SEC is in Greenville. South okay. Carolina. The men's men, might be in Atlanta. I can't remember. Or it might be. Too. I, I don't care. remember exactly. Regardless, we only got two in Texas <laughs> at the yeah. D1 level. Exactly. Um, all right, we can jump right into it. A lot of Let's good basketball on uh, this weekend. For those who missed it, we did an instant reaction show to Baylor losing to Kansas on Saturday. Uh, we also a little bit talked a little bit about Houston beating Cincinnati on that day as well. So check that out mm-hmm. if you haven't already. Um, but let's move to another Big 12 team because. Yep. And another Big 12 team in Texas going against Kansas. <laughs> Texas Tech faces Kansas last night at home. Graham McCaslin hosts Bill Self and company. And, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, it's a good spot for Texas Tech. I was one of them. I thought getting this home game, it felt like a must win for Texas Tech in a lot of ways. And Kansas coming off a big win over all, over Baylor at home. These are the these are the situations where in college basketball it's more than just about you know who's on the court. It's more about you know kind of situational stuff. Mm-hmm. And Texas Tech took complete advantage of that. Also took advantage of Kevin McCullough not playing once again, and just beat the brakes off of Kansas, seventy nine to fifty. Uh, where do you want to start when talking about this game? Uh I mean, let's combine it. I guess we can combine it with like a little bit of a, a tech deep dive. Um, yeah, because I was at the I was at the Tech Baylor game last week uh, during the week, and of course they lost that game. It was uh, Gary McCaslin's first return to Waco in an official capacity. Um, he reminded us that he did host, he did play them play Baylor as an in an exhibition when he first took over at Midwestern um, years back. But this was his first like regular season game. Um, I mean, I I don't know, man. Uh, to me, this just shows like how. When we talk about coaches being good coaches, I feel like a lot of times people talk about them being like good coaches in their system, right? Jim mm-hmm. Beheim was a good two-three zone coach, right? You taught people the two-three zone. Um, uh, John Calipari, the dribble drive, you know, like everybody has their thing. 
this just uh, this season shows to me that Grant McCaslin just knows basketball, like like just straight up. Because we mentioned how this team is not playing like his North Texas teams or his Arkansas State team did. It's completely different, and they're I think they're what they're last in the in, in, every, in all defensive metrics. They're first in like every offensive metrics as far as shooting, yeah. as far as not really pace, but still just shooting in general um, offensively. Yeah. And we saw what that can do when they play a team like Kansas that, you know, away from home is a very different team. Um, I believe, let me see, all their losses in conference have been on the road. Um, mm-hmm. Let me double check that. All the, there's, then they have all in the regular season because uh, Marquette was a neutral game. So all their losses this period have been away from Fog Allen and tech just absolutely lit them up. Darian Williams went 12 of 12 from the field. Yeah. Like that is in like, I I do not know. I think he finished with 30 points, 12 of 12. I can't remember the last time 11 rebounds. So he did have a double, double. Uh, Let's see. Darian Williams becomes the first, this is from Ben Golan on Twitter uh, from Red Raider sports. Uh, the first college basketball player since 2010 to have 30 points, 11 rebounds, uh, uh, three assists on 100% shooting. You know, yeah. 100% from the free throw line, 100% from the field. Like, an insane game. And, again, we could talk about how crazy that is, but, like, I just – I would like to look at it as a, re, as a like, a moment to kind of really think about what Tech is doing this year based off what they were last year. Yeah, I, I think you look at their – season as a whole and i'd say the only i mean the only bad loss and i don't even know if it's a bad loss but a three-point loss at home to cincinnati is probably like the only one where you're like oh you know you you don't like losing those home games the the weird blowout loss to iowa state is one that's probably i mean no sorry i'm looking at last year's schedule so i'm just like looking back on last year's schedule okay okay Um, okay i was like hold on i missed that one Uh, but yeah they have iowa state coming up tonight or i'm sorry uh uh, saturday night sure. on the road well, the, the point i was making was like i was looking at last year's schedule and i'm just like oh there's blowout losses all over the place <laughs> yeah like, getting no. run off the floor graham mccaslin immediately raises the floor of this team way quicker than i thought he would and yeah. obviously that comes from us like knowing and being huge fans of graham mccaslin north texas and obviously mm-hmm. covering him like we know how good how great he is mm-hmm. i didn't expect them to be this good this fast there was just no way of telling how good this team would be. Like they are 21st in the country in Kempom. Like you said, first in the conference in offensive rating. And that was my biggest takeaway from last night. And really this entire season is just how good their offense is. Um, they can shoot the heck out the ball. Uh, they're 40% from three in conference play right now. They are just, they're not turning the ball over. I've, uh, I've been just thoroughly impressed with how talented their guards are with how versatile they are. And they have guys that going into the season, we're like, okay, you know, Darian Williams seems like a fine player from Nevada. He seems like he'll fit in well, you know, 30 point game from him. All right. Chance McMillan coming from Grand Canyon. I, you know, we think he's a good, pretty good player. He's been excellent for them. Joe mm-hmm. Toussaint coming over. He's been awesome. And then obviously we know about Papa Isaac. So um, yeah, the guard versatility, the backcourt has been awesome for them. They're scoring the ball at incredibly high rate, 10th in the country in uh, offensive rating. Uh, I just – I don't know what the ceiling is for this team, but I just – it's been a lot of fun to this point getting to 18-6 and six overall, 7-4 and four in conference play. And I don't know how they'll finish out, 10, 11 wins, 12 wins in conference. I don't know, but mm-hmm. 
regardless, this has been an awesome first year for Graham McCaslin. Yeah, I, I do want to mention that in that Baylor loss, they didn't, you know, Warren Washington was a was a game day scratch, so mm-hmm. he didn't play in that game. And he changes a lot, right? Not just because of his size, but like he's an athletic rim running big who can score, who can shut down the paint, right? He changes a lot for that. De- Again, the defense isn't great. So like when you're losing one of your more imposing physical players, right, it, it hurts even more. Um, Tucson's been a really good revelation to me i you know i didn't give him that much credit heading into the season as like a big pickup for them um he's been their best playmaker along with pop isaacs and yeah like i asked him after the baylor game like hey this team plays a lot different than your previous teams did you know like what i asked him like is that something that i asked him if that was something that like if it's just a personnel thing right these guys fit this style or is it like do you want to did you always want to play a little bit more like this but maybe couldn't with the talent and he more or less said like you know it's in the very in a very political way he said like it's a personnel thing right like these guys are up-tempo shooters these guys are very skilled outside shooters like he and it was more like i'm not gonna try to and they're not they're not the most physical imposing team either um north texas team they were undersized but they were very physical like they didn't really have a lot, a lot of like slender players right they were pretty, yeah it's like thomas like, bell and abu right Usman and right and, and even like players. like tyler perry is like a small player but he's a bulky like well jv on hamlet too jv on hamlet they're, they're very physical guards yeah. right they can take some bumps so you know pop isaacs isn't really like that joe tucson's not really like that and so he was like he basically said like i'm not gonna ask them to play that way and fair enough um but If I'm a Tech fan, I think the thing that I'm loving most about this season, besides the fact that they're just better, is the fact that he's able to meld his system or, you know, like instead of fitting the players to the system, he fits the system to the players, right? And so like next year or going forward, when he does add that pressure, ball pressure defense that he he loves to to implement, okay, well, maybe it's not going to be as stringent as we saw at times at North Texas. This is um yeah I I don't really have anything else I I do want to like you said give a give a shout out to um Warren Washington who just shut yeah. down Hunter Dickinson yesterday um Hunter Dickinson ends the game with five points two of ten shooting just Warren Washington was was fantastic in uh, shutting him down in his twenty minutes and also it's you know it's kind of a team effort obviously but yeah he was really good Kansas is not especially without McCuller. They do mm-hmm. not look like they are, in my opinion, a one seed at all. Maybe not even a two seed at this point. Seven and five in conference play for Kansas. Um, obviously, some uncharacteristic losses to UCF, West Virginia early on. And we'll see because now uh, we don't need to talk about Houston anymore. But now Houston and Texas, uh, Houston and Iowa State both have three losses. Then it's Texas Tech and Baylor with four losses. Those are your top four teams in the Big 12 right now. We have a three out of four chance of winning the Big Twelve ish. Texas does. So we'll see, man. That's it's 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 crazy. Like you know, every time we it looks like the Big Twelve's kind of rounding into shape, it's like, okay, cool, Kansas takes the lead again. All of a sudden they lose to Kansas State, then they get blown out by by Texas. Texas, like I don't I, I don't know what this conference is anymore. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else on the Big Twelve before we move on? Uh, no, that was it. Yeah, that was the big one for me. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously the, the huge showing for, for Texas Tech yesterday. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. North Texas SMU men's basketball. Well, the women, it, first of all, shout out to North Texas women. They continue to roll. Yes. Three, only three losses. They beat a sweep SMU season series there. 
Um, nothing. I mean, they, they dominated the game really. So nothing to take away there. I think the, the men's side is really where we want to talk uh, because it's a shame. They're only playing two games against each other and they're never they need to keep this series going, man. This is this two this games. Season. They're one, one and they've both been, they've both been awesome games. Yeah. Uh, both shots to win it shots to tie it at the buzzer from each, each team. Um, they, they play so similar, like Rob Linear. This isn't the SMU of obviously like the past 10 years or even right. six years uh, where it was a little bit more offensive driven and whatnot. Rob Lanier and Ross Hodge are very similar and they've created teams that are almost the same as one another. Mm-hmm. Like literally they play the same style of basketball. Yeah. The difference is to me, I still, and I know, you know, don't make excuses. Ruben Jones and CJ Nolan not being healthy for, for North Texas, that just kind of takes your legs away. There's no True. way Jason Edwards can be the efficient scorer for he plays 36 minutes and he's actually decent on pretty solid on defense and having to take the amount of shots he's taking that puts more pressure on Aaron Scott and so on and so forth. Uh, but a really fun game. North Texas has had, I think, an 11 point lead at one point in the second half. SMU mm-hmm. fights back. North Texas kind of just you know, the legs fall off and SMU comes back to win 71-68 to split the season series. Hopefully we get them playing again in the conference tournament. But yeah, what were your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, you know, I texted you a little bit about kind of my issue. Well, first first on SMU. I mean, they've moved on. They're now the, as far as like metrics are concerned, like they might be, I, I know FAU is still here, but like I think Ken Palm Metrics has them as the top team roughly in the AAC. Um, I think that, let me see, let me double check that. Yeah. Offensively, they're second and then defensively, they're first in the AAC. Again, FAU is still there. So like, I think FAU offensively is a step above. And so I think that even though SMU is better than them defensively, FAU's offense has been so good that they're naturally, I think in that first play spot. But I do want people to start like really looking at this as SMU team as like a legitimate mid-major threat to, you know, if they were to sneak in the tournament or whatever, this is going to be a team that could catch somebody off guard. Um, so putting them over there, right? I do think that's been an impressive job from them, but we talked about that. Yes. I do wonder about, you know, you mentioned it with, with North Texas. And I do think that with healthy, this team is a conference contender. This team can win the conference. This team it can beat any team in the AAC, yes, even FAU. Um, and they could upset somebody in the tournament as well. Not healthy, though. I think that's where, again, anybody that's a little hurt is going to be not as good, obviously. But I think where North Texas isn't good enough while not healthy is the problem. I think I texted you about Aaron Scott a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. he's taken a little bit of a step back. Granted, when again, when healthy, when he's playing a specific role or when the team's healthy and playing a specific role, great player, right? Uh, per- the perfect te- North Texas three and D type player. Um, the problem is when they need him to do a little bit more, and that's kind of right now. Um, he's down in his shooting. I think he's below forty percent from two. His three point shooting is down a little bit. So, like again, not all his fault. But when you see guys like Jason Edwards and John Bugs just come into the program and like instantly be able to shoulder the alpha and 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 uh, uh, uh 
secondary roles, mm -hmm. you kind of would hope that the guy that's been there for a little bit to kind of do a little more, or at least s continue to do the role that he's been doing at a high level, which again, without everybody else around him, it's kind of either plateaued or gone down a bit for him. Yeah. I mean, he's really, Aaron Scott has really kind of just turned into a, a three point shooter. I mean, that's, that's really all on offense, mm -hmm. uh, not to oversimplify it, but he's shooting 34% from two in conference play um 43 from three so it's this a guy who's cl clearly defined in his three-point shooting role but um I, t I texted you this as well i mean defensively he's an all defensive player um and we've known mm -hmm. that about aaron scott and what he is um his block percentage is top 130 in the country uh mm -hmm. top eight in the conference um he's a great rebounder so again he checks a lot of boxes in terms of sure. his role he we, we know what he can do well there the problem is without Ruben Jones and CJ Nolan, you're basically you're starting a one and you're starting three. You need Aaron Scott to be more than that. And he, to this point, he hasn't quite been that. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, now it becomes a question of can North Texas get healthy? Can they get Ruben and CJ Nolan back? Ruben's been battling a hamstring. I don't remember what CJ um, was, was battling, but CJ should be back fairly soon. Uh, Ruben, I don't know. Hamstrings are always tricky. So, mm -hmm. can this team? Because I think if this team was healthy, if this team's at full strength, they're six and five right now. I think they're at at, at worst eight and three. At Probably. worst, if they're at full strength. And I think, we're uh, about Ruben Jones didn't come back from the first SMU game, correct? Because he left he that played, game. He played the first game. SMU game for a half, and then yeah. in the second quarter, or you know, late in the first half left yeah. again and then he hasn't played since then right no hasn't played since okay. okay so he's basically played one game right in conference play it's like they're six and five without reuben jones who i obviously think is a huge part of this team and then they've had other guys kind of in and out so um six and five right now i think at full strength they're better than smu i think they're better than uab um charlotte always gives them fits so it's kind of weird mm -hmm. but like uh those teams usf you know, FAU would be, would have, they probably would have won that game. So it, it's just all these, that's what's so heartbreaking is like they're, they're injured, but they're losing all these games by three points and five right. points. And like their losses, three, five, three, three, and then the 12 to Charlotte. Like those are their losses. So yeah. um, that's what makes it painful for North Texas fans. But those are the breaks sometimes, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know the the layout of the tournament yet. Um, so I don't know what their possible path would be. Because right now, you know, it looks like uh, FA, right now the conference to lose is USF, FAU, and Charlotte. Right now, again, SMU yeah. is like a half game out from Charlotte, but looks to be a three-team race right now. Um, at, at least right now on this trend, I'd probably say, UNT one two three four five. Pro I mean, probably a six, five or six. Yeah, five or six. yeah uh, roughly. Um, again, that's barring things playing out, continue to play out the way they are. Um, I mean, I mean it, again, it, they're gonna have to pull an upset, right? They're gonna have to, at this rate. Um, are they okay? Gonna... Okay, go ahead. The only team in the conference that I think is better than them at full strength is FAU, and FAU, is, as we okay. know, has been up and down like sure. if north texas plays so usf say, in, in the first round absolutely. on a, on in fort worth i'll like, say this i'll say this looking at the the bracket right now for for the aac five and six is a very different seating six no way. they avoid fau to the final or whoever yeah that's what you're just saying 
uh, five, they would have to go through the number one seed. So let's say right now, right? Let's put it. Let's put it out. Uh, let's say the standings right now. Let's flip FAU and USF, right? Let's yeah. just assume FAU yeah. wins. So FAU gets the one, USF gets the two. Let's say North Texas one, two, three, four, five, six. What's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Okay, let's say they get six, or let's say they jump Memphis, right? So that puts them with the USF side having to beat a team they can. I mean, they're probably facing a Rice or Tulsa. Okay, a team they can beat. Yeah. Um, and then they possibly get Charlotte or SMU, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And so. And then after that, then, okay, then you get the better matchup with USF or what, you know, however you want yeah. to classify that um, or qualify that. But it is, I mean, you're going to have to pull something, right? Like, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but like, this is, this is the, the, you know, it's not Conference USA, right? It's not like yeah. Conference where either you dominate and you get the one seed, one or two anyway, or, okay, you got to knock off some teams that you're clearly better than. Um, you know, you got to be one team that you're probably clearly better than. And then one or two teams that are probably at your level right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I don't know who's. I mean, the the AAC has been really impressive uh, with I think what is it seven teams in the top one sixteen of Kimpom? Yeah, right? yeah, seven teams in the top one sixteen, and oh, so Kimpom does not believe in USF by the way. They're yeah, still well, they're still at one twelve. Well, going into the season, USF was preseason number nine in the conference, so Charlotte yeah. was preseason thirteen um for what it's worth but yeah so seven teams like you said it's going to be more challenging because in conference usa it was always like you had four teams that were really good you know it was like mm-hmm. north texas maybe uh la tech uh western and uab right those and then the like teams. it was always like weirdly like those teams would never meet in the semis it was always like three of those teams will be on one side of yeah. the bracket or something like that yeah and so exactly. they would kind of knock each other out so We'll see how the bracket falls, um, but I agree. I think North Texas and SMU, to me, should be if they can get if if North Texas can get right, should be locks for like the NIT, especially yeah. in this new format, right, where there's 32 teams in the NIT right. yeah, and they're taking true. just a ton of teams that don't make the tournament. Um, <laughs> I I could see those being like NIT teams. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Um, also, while we're here, um, the UTSA. Like the, the clock struck twelve, struck <sighs> clock struck mid- midnight. Um, it was fine. I don't. It was fine. I don't have anything to say, but yeah, it was fine. What a ride it was! What By a ride way, it was! Uh, uh, shout out to the UTSA women. Jordan Jenkins made yeah, her talk. debut, yep. her season debut uh, this past week, which I was very excited about. Again, I don't want to put too high of expectations on her coming back from a, a pretty. Uh, extensive injury but it was just really cool to see her get on the court for the first time uh this season against let me double check UAB. Against UAB. yeah a good uab team too to win 76 to 58 i was about to say they they, they put the beat down on them so yeah again and... it, it's just 70 percent jordan she played let me see look she played 10 minutes roughly over 10 minutes yeah um even if it's just like 70 percent jordan jenkins like this is a better team now so like i just i just if if there's anything there I'm I'm glad that they've gotten this run with without her to be able to like be a good team without just relying all on their you know all conference player. Yeah, and, and they're clearly still like a guard oriented team with Proctor, mm-hmm. White, Love um, as their backcourt, and then they're really deep. I mean, still to pl- to be able to play nine players double digit minutes against UAB in a in a big game like that is is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexis Parker off the bench, so. 
Yeah, and I, we've talked about it, but Adara Udo, the freshman from Plano, mm-hmm. averaging eight points and six and a half rebounds. Uh, she's been huge in Jordan's absence. So now you have a little one-two punch there. Uh, I don't know the status of Elisa Coleman uh, yeah, because she sure didn't play either. against UAB. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if they can get healthy, I mean, why not make a run? I don't have – because North Texas is 8-3 and three right now. UTSA yeah. has five losses, 6-5, and five, I believe. Something so, like yeah, we'll see. They have – Tulsa then North Texas coming up both on the road so those will be tough as well all right um I we gotta I, we gotta talk about them I I didn't watch their last game but okay. Tarleton State just keeps winning basketball games remember how we talked about Tarleton yeah. last yes. week we we're like well they got a tough stretch coming up because they go to the west coast and play all these teams and that, they, just, they just beat them all yeah, that they're going to be underdogs for, right? This is like yeah. this is the stretch where this is, it's going to end. They're going to fall off. Beat Utah Valley by eleven on the road, then beat Seattle two days later on the road by five. Seattle wins incredibly impressive, um, and then now they have UT Arlington uh, on the road on Thursday. Uh, if you can get through that, then you have a week off before Grand Canyon at home. Which, hey, at this point. If you could beat Grand Canyon, you might win the damn conference. But I was about uh, to say, man. Is, is a different beast. But still, what a run. Five straight wins from Tarleton. And they are two games up on everybody else for second place in the conference. Who would have thought we'd be here? Yeah, I mean, Ja'Cory Smith's playing out of his mind right now, 15 and a half points a game. Um, and again, he's like he's one of those players that like he kind of increased his minutes, but he's just his scoring has just gone up while keeping the same efficiency basically um he's been the big i mean again we mentioned how they kind of i don't want to say abandoned that brand of basketball but like they're just now a good scoring team uh which is something they haven't been in the past and i mean i don't know man i'm trying to i don't want to say like i'm waiting for it to end because like i'm not like at this point they're just this is how the good they are um their next game against is against uta a pretty improved uta team and, much improved you know, yeah. yeah um who are a good offensive team in their own right. And so I don't know, man, like it, we're starting to get to the territory where it's like, you know, I know Billy Gillespie's not back yet. So it's kind of like, okay, is that, was this something always on his mind, right? Who takes over after me? Um, And I I mean, this run that they've been on, you kind of look at it and you're like, it's got, I mean, I don't know, man, it's gotta be Joseph Jones. If you know, if 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 it is if it is over for Billy Gillespie, if he does you know move on for these health reasons, um, you know you have to start looking at it. If not, like at least dub him coach and waiting at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, seven out of eight now. UT Arlington and Grand Canyon coming up. Uh, like you said, offense has been elite, second in the conference overall, second in turnover percentage, first in three point percentage. Even though they're they're not shooting a ton, um, just really really good fundamental offense and i i said when i watched them beat sfa last week which mm-hmm. is another game we thought they might lose yep. um they just play with like a lot of freedom right now really good pace on offense they're not they don't play fast but they play with good mm-hmm. pace on offense it feels like they are um they move the ball well to generate threes and then once the closeouts happen they attack well they're not getting to the free throw line a ton, which it was always a trademark of the past three years teams, mm-hmm. but 
they're just really, really sharp on offense, and it's it's impressive. So want to give Tarleton another shout-out because if y'all keep winning games, we'll talk about you. Yeah. That's, a, that's a damn good team right there. Speaking of still winning games, um, Texas women, I believe they're number five now in the AP poll. I had this written down. I had this written yeah. down. I have a question. Okay. Okay, go for it. Are they a title contender? Is is Texas women's basketball a contender to win the national title? At the very least, are they contender yeah. to make the final four? Because the more I watch college basketball across the country, yeah. the more I watch Iowa lose to Nebraska, which I understand road game, whatever. The more I watch teams like UConn, LSU, go down the list here. Yeah, I've said it before. I've told you this before. Mm-hmm. College bas- women's college basketball right now is just wide open. Yeah, I have out. South Carolina is the one. South Carolina is the one. They should be picked on like every bracket in the country to win it. Mm-hmm. After that, you tell me to fill out a Final Four. My bracket's gonna just. I have no idea because <laughs> I looked at uh the bracketology for the women right now. There yeah. was a region. Oh man, let me see if I can pull it up. There was a region where the one through six. I was conceivably saying what the one through six could make it like the six seed was North Carolina. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I could put North Carolina in there. Like I just, yeah. there's way too much. There's not too much, but there is a ton of parody right now. And with that being said, women, uh, Texas has been one of the more consistent teams in the entire country. And I think they deserve consideration for being like a final yeah, four. Pick. I think like, you know, I've been saying this whole time that I thought they had a ceiling without Rory Harmon, right? I thought this was a this was a team that could get to the second weekend, but I felt like I kept in my mind saying like, oh, they have a hard out, right, at the Sweet 16, yeah. right? Just like there's no way. And then they just kept winning and like they kind of hit their groove. They had that one loss. They've had the two losses to Kansas State and Oklahoma by three, four, and then three. Yep. And that's been it. Like they've been nearly flawless. Of course, the first game where Rory went out was the Rory was out was the Baylor game and they lost that one. But since then, they just had a four point loss and a three point loss. And they're like, I don't know, man. Like I'm saying, like, I'm waiting for this team to get exposed is the wrong word, but like I'm waiting for this team to get for their for their their deficiencies to finally show. Yeah. And they're they're not, no one, at least in the Big 12, is good enough to really have that happen. Like they really forced it, forced the hand. Um, so right now I think they are a final four team potentially. And they're not going to win the conference. Oklahoma is 11 and one right now. I say right. that, you know, they play Oklahoma sure. at the end of the year on the road, which you know could be a loss, we'll see. Um, we'll see. but even still they're better than Kansas state right now yes i mean obviously they just beat them but like i know kansas state was was ranked highly this that kansas state team is not a top five team in the country to me they Um, they controlled baylor completely um a couple weeks ago or last week i think and then um and they beat they beat you know tcu was a hobbled tcu team but they still came in and took care of business against them like they're currently a two seed in bracketology on the tournament um yep in their region is one seed Stanford, who I think, in my opinion, is the second best team in the country. Stanford uh, after but, South Carolina. But but I'll say this: Texas matches up against Stanford very well. Yeah, I agree. That's strength on strength, right? Like Cameron Brink, they can throw so many different bodies at Cameron Brink. Yeah. 
Um, so again, I I think this is very much like I, I again, yes, they should be favored, but like where you would hurt Texas is on the perimeter, making those guards defend, and then forcing those forcing the guards other than Madison Booker to do something. Yeah. Um, and can't Stanford? I don't know if Stanford's a team that's going to be able to do that in that. Situation. So again, but this is this is what we're talking about is you have to. Right. We're starting to compare Texas with the top teams in the country now. It's can sure. are they better or not? Are they better? But can they beat Iowa on a neutral? Can they beat Stanford on a neutral? Like where is their ceiling? I don't know because right now in this region that I'm looking at, in theory, if you give me Texas and the three seed is USC. I'm taking Texas over USC. Um, obviously, like I said, the one seed Stanford, four seed Indiana, um, six seed West Virginia. I mean, I think they're better than West Virginia. Uh, seven seed Florida State, who Florida State's a solid team. But like mm-hmm. at this point, I think their floor is high enough to where they're getting out of the first weekend. Like you said, even though I asked the question of is this a national title contending team, and I do think they could be. I think that's more of a product of the parody in the sport right now mm-hmm. than it is saying Texas has found a new ceiling per se. Sure. So I don't sure. think you were ever wrong. I do think their ceiling might not be like it's definitely not as high as it was with Rory. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking across the country saying who has a ceiling that's I was about to say, who, like, South probably Carolina. Like, I was about to say there are probably like four or five teams where I would put in the national title picture right now. And that's not to say that they're all great. It's more like I can't tell them all apart. <laughs> I can't. I'll go even deeper. I can't. I don't know if I can tell after South Carolina two through ten to me is like, yeah. I don't know because in theory, and I, I don't. This isn't about LSU, but like in theory, like LSU, if they put it together, could make the run. Sure. Right? They were the preseason number right. one with all that talent. Like they could make the run if they put it all together. Um, UCLA and USC, like maybe in in theory, in in a world where they figure it out, can put it together. Um, Ohio State, we we know about Iowa, we know about. So it's like, well, let's again. I don't know how to discern how where Texas lands and all of that. Yeah, well, let's let's do this. Let's looking at this bracketology and knowing, you know, how many. Let's look. I mean, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but how many okay, teams yeah. from Texas make the tournament? Do you think? I think last year, ends up making it. It was two, and none of them made it past the first round, or the, the think, first weekend, I should say. Yeah, first weekend. Texas makes it. Baylor makes it. A and M will make it. I think they have enough. They're gonna get so. it going. Then you drop down to mid- North Texas, right? Hopefully, put North Texas in there. Like they're gonna have to win the tournament, obviously. Sure, sure, sure. That's. But, I mean, they, they can. They can. Yeah, they definitely can. So then you go that. That's. Is that it? We're not, you know, I don't think we're winning the whack. We're not winning the swack. Would you think, would you pick a Lamar? Oh, yeah. Well, Lamar and Southeastern, those are going to be the top two. I don't know who they have in the bracketology. Uh, I think right now they, they have, have Southeastern. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be Lamar or Southeastern. So, Lamar is definitely, Lamar is honestly probably like they have a better chance of making it probably than even North Texas. Or like those are the two right there. So, yeah, that's. Yeah, five, five, four, five. That's five. Much I mean, better year. That. Much better year of five, women's basketball. And then I definitely feel year. better about five. I definitely feel better about like again Texas. I have expectations of them getting past for the second, the first weekend. Yeah. Depending on the draw, A and M and Baylor could. Yeah. Could depends on the draw. 
Um, I think in this draw, Baylor would draw, or sorry, AM would draw Texas. So, like, obviously they wouldn't in that one, but, or at least I wouldn't pencil them to. Uh, and then Baylor gets like LSU. So, like, that'd be a tough draw for them. But, like, you know, if they get the, they're not, they're not teams that I would be like, ah, uh, there's no way. You know, like, yeah. they're talented enough to where yeah. you could see them in the Sweet 16. Well, all I see right now is North Texas versus UConn on this bracketology right now. So, to bring me Paige Beckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you thought you've seen good good basketball before. Just wait till you see Desiree Colonel going at Aaliyah Edwards. That's the matchup we need to see. Burden coaching circles around Gino Oriam. <laughs> killing them. Killing them. Um, yeah, but yeah, add that. And then if Lamar gets in and can win the play-in, psh, much better say, I feel I feel like we haven't since like SFA since like peak SFA under Mark Kellogg we haven't been in a situation where we've had like multiple conference champions like getting yeah. their way in yeah and it feels like we have we have like at least two chances of getting conference champions in there so that's that's pretty cool yeah again last year was such a anomaly of a season where we had two teams in the tournament we had no teams ranked for the first time it was yeah. just a rough year last year but we're back. We're back. Yep. Um, and like I said, I think I do think AM makes it right now. Their last four buys in, and I I think that they're gonna be I think they're gonna end up making it. They got a big win uh this week um against uh, Ole Miss. That was it. 20 point win against Ole Miss, 17 point mm-hmm. win against Kentucky, Vanderbilt, then LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama. So like if they just win all but like two of that last four six games if they go four and two they're a lock if they go three and three they're probably a lock so give me some a&m in the tournament just because they are great content and they're always fun to watch you never really know what you're getting from a&m yeah janai barker 21 points against Ole miss three of five from three I, i'm i'm desperate love please janai love it <laughs> please janai please janai <laughs> please My, the house is bet on you we need you yeah i was gonna say we have all of our money riding on janiah barker <laughs> being good we need it um and let me see if there's anything else i, I wanted to give a quick shout out ut arlington women who uh i talked about probably like a month ago because mm-hmm. they got off to like a five and oh record starting conference or something like that four and oh five and oh mm-hmm. uh they have dipped down a little bit but still a win over uh, SFA, who was, I believe, nine and three in conference going into this game. A uh, much better, a much better pace than last year so far. I mean, yeah, they're, they're so already you, two wins away from their from their total last year. Which yeah, so UT Arlington over five hundred in conference play now. Uh, shout out to Avery Birmingham. Um, that's a it's a good team. That's a good, that's about to, that's a big turnaround because Sharika Wright. It was looking when they moved to the the. The whack, it was looking pretty, yeah, it was looking pretty shaky for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's very scary. Um, all right, anything else? We covered no, that's it, man. Like, I was, I'm gonna be at the, the Brittany Griner game, uh, the Brittany Griner retirement game, I should say, on Sunday. Uh, Tech travels to Waco to play Baylor, so I'm pretty, pretty excited for that one. Um, obviously, not really for the game, like, I think Baylor should take care of business, but it should yeah. be a really cool occasion. So, um, AM men. I think are in the tournament still. Yeah, that's kind of one that's a little like. Oh, we didn't talk about they did. They beat the brakes off Tennessee. I was about to say we. I mean, we could talk about them now. We could wait for the to go deeper on them the next episode. But they've kind of just like hung around 
after we kind of, or at least me, I kind of wrote them off for a bit. Um, yeah. And they've kind of just hung around and been solid like past month or so. Their two losses are to one point to Arkansas on the road and then three points to Mississippi to Ole Miss. Um, yeah. So I, I, they've kind of just hung around and been okay. Uh, they're not as, I don't think they're as good as we thought they'd be, but they're still kind of firmly within that. I think their experience and the talent on the floor just is too much to like ever write them off, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, Taylor. Guess, and wait, I mean, Wade Taylor's been really good still. I mean, he, he yeah. dipped a little bit as far as his numbers, but like he's back to kind of being the guy that we kind of hoped he would. Currently a seven seed now. Wow. They moved all the way up to a seven. So yeah. is it going to be um, like last year where they just like sneak in and they're like a four or whatever? Like, like currently they go on the, run in the conference tournament or something. And <laughs> A&M's a seven. Texas is an eight now in the bracketology. They should honestly just have hourly updates of these and just shuffle them up. And I would just, I would eat it up every single time. I was about to say, I would just like refresh the whole thing. Change the matchups and just, just keep it going. Be like, oh, wow, Texas versus Mississippi State in the first round. It's like a draft lottery uh, uh, (laughs) machine where you just hit hit sim every single time. You're like, oh, now it's saying this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Texas Tech versus Virginia first round. Oh, that's a good one. Let's hypothesize. hypothetical matchups the whole time i could just do that for for days but yeah we could talk about them a little bit more in depth uh it looks like they play uh vandy today so that should be a win even though it's on the road which would get them to seven and four in conference this has been such a buzz williams year again where we write them off after they were one and three in conference and seemingly out of the tournament and since then they won five out of six yep and probably six out of seven I was about to say, if you're down, I think if they do, they play at Bama Saturday, we can maybe make that one of our instant reactions. I got to be within five. That's fair. That's fair. I'm okay with that. I'm scared. I don't, ba- don't want to waste, waste my time if they lose by tomorrow. <laughs> Look, Bama, Bama, I'm scarred because the two times they played LSU, they dropped 109 points in each game. So now I just think Alabama is the Golden State Warriors of 2017. So my perception of them is a different world. But yes, if AM keeps it close and like Baylor did, we can definitely yeah. do that. We can yeah. definitely do that. All right. And that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Leave a like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. And check us out on TikTok, Zone Star State. Yeah. You know, we'll we be over there on TikTok. Um I don't, but not yet at least. <laughs> we'll see. I gotta download it to my phone. TikTok. So um but yeah thank you all for joining us and we will talk to y'all later